Welcome into Back Roads. This is season two, episode one, and this is going to be our Texas 1A fan podcast, Back Roads here, and kind of want to explain everything to you. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. Bobby Brown, you all know her. Not that Bobby Brown, the Bobby Brown of Texas 1A fan. And uh, Bobby and I kind of sat and talked for a long time and decided out of the blue on a Thursday, it is time to give Six Man World something that they haven't had. And that is a weekly uh, scoreboard show. And so uh, Bobby and I have decided to put this together. We're going to utilize her podcast that she's already got in place, Backroads, and excited to bring to you. We, what we want to do and what we're trying to accomplish is get the names out there. You all know who those kids are. The problem is in the six-man world, they just do not get enough publicity, and that's what we want to try and accomplish. We want to get them publicity, let you know what's going on, how many times of us, how many times do we know that there's a player in another region, we just don't really know a whole lot about them. Well, that's our goal here. We're going to try and get that to you. And, Bobby, I'm excited to bring this to six-man world. So am I. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about is I got to talk to lots of coaches the last 24 hours. So coaches, listen up. If you got stats, you want to showcase a player that you've got that's got great sportsmanship, leadership, it's just a great all-around player, let us know. Texas1afan at gmail.com. Send them in and we will get them out there every week. So that's going to be the fun part of it is, is getting those stats. And we, as you said, we need that help from the coaches. We rounded up as much as we could here for week one. We had, uh, what, all of uh, two days to try and accomplish all of this. So, I don't uh, even know if we had two days. <laughs> it's been a bit of a Herculean task, but uh, I, I feel like we've got a lot of stuff to get going and for people to understand what's going to be the backbone of our podcast. And, and I think they're going to really enjoy it. And so uh, with that said, let's get started with it, Bobby. Division one, looking at the top 10 and, you know, so many good games in the top 10. So many teams play each other that are ranked. And uh, the game that kind of stands out to me and was a really good one, and I know it's one you attended, number five Rankin takes out number four Balmeray out of division two, 64 to 51. Braxton Kirkland, the man to know there, 17 carries, 140 yards, but six touchdowns for Rankin. Yes, that was – I'm just here to say I've been watching six-man football for a very, very long time, and that was the very best game I've ever seen on a week one schedule. Every single player played hard. Rankin is big. They're strong. They're quick. Every single tackle – is two or three players all game tackling at the same time. They have a real good nose for the ball. Well, this game was very much about, you know, the, the, you talk about ebbs and flows of a game and it was about streaks. Balmeray was down 22 to nothing. And then they outscore ranking 45 to eight. And I got to imagine if you're sitting at the game, you're like, okay, the bears are going to win this one. Then the red devils come back and outscore them 34 to six to win this ball game, 64 to 51. Just a crazy turn of events, and uh, as you said, a great game, especially to kick off uh, week one of the 2021 season. Definitely. You know, the Balmeray Bears, they lost a lot of starters. Um, I'm here to tell you, they don't rebuild, they reload. They have a lot of sophomores, and they have Tomas Contreras back from last year. He's their really fast running back, and he is really good on defense. I think he had three or four interceptions. I, 
I stopped counting after the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened in that game, it was, it was very odd because the Bears are young, and at the beginning of the game, they were nervous. You could tell they were nervous. Of course, they're sophomores and juniors. About halfway through the first quarter, you could see it. They decided, hey, hey, we're, about, we're the Balmeray Bears. What are we doing? And something just switched, and they kicked it into high gear, and they scored 31 unanswered points. You talked about toward the end, you know, it. You really, I really did think that the Bears were on a roll. And, of course, week one, you've got a four-quarter game where everybody's giving it 100% every second they're on the field. And what happens in the fourth quarter? Cramps. Oh, that's tough, <laughs> especially this time of year. The heat will get you. It, it was nice and warm in Rankin. We had a nice little breeze blowing, though. Several players from Rankin went down with cramps. Several from Balmeray went down with <laughs> You know, Rankin was firing on, on all cylinders there at the end. But that was, the, that was a really good game. As a matter of fact, I took so many pictures by halftime. The second half, I just sat in my chair and watched. And it, it was such a treat. It's a great game. That was. So Rankin takes out Balmeray 64 to 51. Another big game in Division One in the top 10. Borden County ranked number two. May ranked number three. But the scoreboard doesn't really reveal that. May all over the Coyotes, 51 to six in this ballgame. They definitely were. I know that, again, just like Balmeray, Borden County has lost a lot of players to graduation. They do have a lot of moving parts right now, and they need, because they're young, they need to mature and gain a little confidence. It's Borden County. Make no mistake about it. They will mature. They will gain confidence. And I think we'll see them toward the playoffs because their schedule is very brutal. And they're going to get a lot of good experience for those young kids. And they're going to find the puzzle pieces and put them in the right places. Well, we know Trey Rich, you always have the coach ready to go. And when you look at May, I mean, Caden Hawk, we, we all know what he's about. But I know Coach Steele feels like Blake Harrell. You know, he's their senior quarterback, kind of the heart and soul for them. A pivotal piece of what they've got up. You know, May's got a brutal schedule as well. And for me, unless something changes, I just think May is going to be standing in Jerry World on the other side of whoever comes out of Region 1 or 2 for the state finals in Division 1. I think that I'm going to go ahead and agree with you because they are just defensive monsters. And by the time we get to week 11, it's going to be hard to score on them at all. Um, one thing that I did talk to Coach Steele, one thing that he did say is that, you know, they've got Knox City coming up. They've got to get through Sterling City first this, this next week. <laughs> but, you know, after last year, it's a mental thing. And uh, the kids are hyped up and they are just ready to get after the Eagles. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. They have Knox City after that. Knox City gave them a few issues last year, but I believe Knox City's a totally different team. Yeah. But but May, yeah, I see them definitely paving the way to Jerry's world. I would agree with you. When you you brought up Sterling City, so we'll talk about the number one ranked team in uh, Division One, defending state champions. They take on uh, Coach Jeff Jones and the Garden City Bearcats. And, you know, I, 
I heard coming into this season, people, I, in fact, I talked to an assistant coach for Sterling City who told me, don't sleep on the Bearcats. They're good. And sure enough, that was a heck of a ball game. Sterling City wins at 56 to 42. Kaz Johnson kind of stepping in the a, a limelight there now for Sterling City. 19 carries, 261 yards, and three touchdowns. Garden City led this game at halftime 30 to 28 before Sterling City pulled away in the fourth, scoring 22 unanswered points. These teams combined for 893 total yards of offense and ran 112 plays. And I don't want to miss out on this. Garden City's Logan Seidenberger, 13 to 22 through the air, 225, three touchdowns and interception. Great game there between Sterling City and Garden City. Yes, I wish I could have gone to that one. They always like to play at the very beginning of the season. You know, they test themselves very early. And I think both of them passed the test. I think they, Garden City is definitely a totally different team than what they had last year. Um, the young kids have learned. They've matured. They've, they've got to play. You know, they went to the playoffs when no one expected them to. And you can never count Garden City out because they have lots of heart and excellent work ethic. Definitely. And when you look at that uh, that district, when you're talking about Sterling City, there's Westbrook, ranked number four in Division One, and uh, they lose to the uh, number one-ranked Motley County Matadors out of Division Two, 46-30. I can promise you no shame in that. Uh, happy scrimmage, Motley County, and they are the real deal. Coach Bigham's got them ready for another season. They will get after you from first play to last play, but Westbrook is good, and it just and that district, Sterling City and Westbrook, that'll be a great matchup near the end of the season. Yes, that district is, is just a little bit tough. <laughs> Anything can change during a season. So um, I do like Westbrook. They are young. I watched them in a scrimmage against Spur, the first scrimmage, and they were still learning a few things, but the effort is definitely there. So I think the Wildcats will do well. I think you're right. We talk about region three and four Jonesboro ranks six. They take out Coolidge 67 to 26 and Blum takes out Aquila 42 to 28. We're going to have to start watching Aquila. Shannon Williams moved on over there from Lakey. And I think he's got a nice little crew underneath him and he's going to make some waves this year. That'll be great to see. Uh, Number nine, Abbott takes out Avalon 52 to six Abbott. Robert Munoz, 11 carries, 140 yards, and three touchdowns. Eric Padron helped him out there through the air, 6 of 12, 65 yards and a touchdown. They held Evalon to 65 total yards, minus 39 of those on the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Coach Crawford said that they have a freshman named Joey Pavelka. I hope I said that right. And they were hoping that he would have a really good game and they were not disappointed. So Abbott is a lot like Borden County, but in the East where they don't rebuild, they reload. And so I think that the year experience, especially for Carson Johnson, quarterback um, has done him well. And they're actually looking forward to the next few upcoming games. They play Milford and then Covington, and then they get Blum. So they're not going to have an easy time of it. That'll be a great matchup, Abbott and Blum there. And, and then before we got to Region 3 and 4, the eighth-ranked 
Lakey Eagles. Sorry, slipped my mind there. Taking on Austin Hill Country. We didn't get a score. And I think this is what's really, really important about not only what we're trying to accomplish with this show, but what's important in general. So many of the six-man scores, it can take days to find those and find out what they were. This is one that we never got a score on. So uh, we're looking for that one and, and just brings out the importance of we want to get those stats because we want to make sure that we uh, take and get those names out there for people to hear. Yeah, so we want to cover every single six-man town with scores. Normally, I'm pretty uh, pretty fast about giving them. I'll usually have them in if I'm not traveling down to Rankin um, and back. If I'm not driving far, then I usually have all the scores in by about 11 o'clock Friday night. But then there's some that I have to chase down some weeks. And, you know, week one, it's hard to get back in the swing of things. It's been, you know, a good what, eight months. (laughs) And so you got to get back in the swing of of sending in those scores, but you can always send them to us and we'll make sure that they get to the right place. Definitely. And then finally, we'll finish out the top 10, number 10, second year and six man football and and a team I'm very well familiar with the spring Lake earth Wolverines. Now they took out Clint Lindman his first year at Wood Harrell, 72 to 50, and you and I kind of look at the score and we're like, oh, my goodness, you know, Whitter really played him close. Now, if you talk to Coach Lindman, he'll tell you that's not the case. But Coach Lindman's also a guy that if he wins a million dollars, he's like, no, OK, <laughs> that's kind of how he is. Spring Lake Earth did outgain Whitter 571 to 176. Braxton Etheridge. Yes, you recognize that last name. 12 carries, 165 yards and four touchdowns, eight of 10 through the air, 240 yards and four touchdowns as well. Spring Lake Earth, they are the real deal. I think Coach DeLeon has got a heck of a ball club there. Six returning starters. You don't hear that very often. No, you don't. And when I saw them scrimmage at the at the groom's super scrimmage a few weeks ago, I was very impressed. They have outstanding team chemistry, and they play very well together. Every single play, they are 110% into exactly what they're doing. They're very focused. And, you know, when you see one of those teams that has so many good athletes, but not all, they're not only good athletes, but they all play well together and they support each other. You just think, wow, now that's going to be a good team. Come a week when we go into the playoffs after week 11, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. Uh, the Wolverines amaze me because usually when most teams move down to six man, it takes multiple years for them to really become successful. It's such a tough transition. You would think it's not. So many people, you know, who do eleven man kind of make fun of six man. They do. So they, they get do. down here and play it, and then they go, "Oh my goodness!" And yes. so to see them make that transition in, in year two is very, very impressive. So let's move outside of the top ten. We'll stick in Division One. So many Division One, Division Two crossover games. One of the bigger ones. Happy, uh, the team I cover, defeated Groom, ranked fifth in Division II, 54-36. Groom was up 20-16 to in this game in the second quarter, but then Happy outscored them. They put up the next 38 points on the scoreboard. Uh, the sophomore for Happy, Cutter Hodges, 11 carries, 97 yards, and three touchdowns. Pace Bressler helped him out there as well. 13 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. For Coach Dodson and Groom, Stephen Keeler, 27 carries, 229 yards, and three touchdowns, and two passing touchdowns. The four total team turnovers in that ballgame, three fumbles and interception, absolutely did the Tigers in. I think that Groom run up against 
a very physical, happy team that they're they're just not accustomed to to seeing. And I think they did pretty well considering that they don't have the, you know, the very physical kids. They do have some very fast kids though in the room. Yeah, no, Steven, Steven and Damon Keeler can flat out fly. Uh, going to the Jaden Gridiron Classic, another good ball game. Valley defeats Ira 33-32. to Parker Hartman for Valley, 77-yard interception return in this ballgame, had a 68-yard touchdown run in the fourth. Oh, and by the way, he went and changed uh, into Superman, had 19 tackles for the Patriots. Uh, Ira, a team that I think a lot of people feel is going to be uh, very good this year. Ike Weaver, two rushing touchdowns. But I really do think what hurt Toby Goodwin and Ira was the loss of their quarterback, uh, Brighton Partain, at half. Uh, they really struggled with their offense in the second half. And Coach Goodwin said that was totally on him. But uh, I, I expect Ira to be good this year. Yes. Uh, you know, that game was like three and a half hours long. I mean, it was a very long game. They didn't start the second game. They're supposed to start it at eight. And I don't think they got that started until 930 that night. That was a long drawn out game for a week one game for those kids. And I know there were multiple injuries in that game. Jaron Hughes did a really good job for Valley. He actually won our helmet sticker and we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. He indicated that all three returning two-way starters are leaders, definitely of the Valley football team. Jaron Hughes and Gunnar Bowles are both really vital to their win over Ira. I know that a lot of people were watching the scoreboard when that game was going on. He did say that they lost two other starters. And so they, they, they basically have three starters out right now. So they're leaning on the leadership um, of Jaron and Gunner to, to get them a win here in the, the future ball games this coming weeks. But they um, have set to play Petersburg, Meadow, and Jayton. They'll get some really good experience for their younger kids that are going to have to step up and lead Valley until some of these injuries um, maybe can to go away. We all hope that they do. I hate it when any kid gets injured. Most definitely. Well, and speaking of injuries, that kind of feeds into our next game. Spur takes out Petersburg 68 to 20. Uh, the Bulldogs anchor a good ball club. Austin Fulmer, eight carries, 130 yards and a touchdown. Lazane Walker, two carries, 84 yards and two touchdowns. And then Gunnar Bateman through the air, six of eight, 100 yards and three TDs. Spur was down early in this one, eight to six, then outscored Petersburg 62 to 12. I think Spur is a good ball club. They're going to be there in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, but what I kind of want to talk about is where Petersburg is at right now. They lost what I would call a dude. A kid they did. All four years for them. Caden Peraz, he's got a back injury out for the year. That's just, if you watch enough football, there's just some kids that you watch and, and you just enjoy watching them. They go hard from, from the very first snap to the very last step, snap. Peraz has done that ever since he was a freshman at Petersburg, and I just hate to see him uh, be down for the year, his senior year. I do too. It was just heartbreaking that he's, oh, he, he is such a good player. He's such a good kid. And he just played with so much effort. It looked effortless when he did play, you know, you, you and I have talked about watching him play and watching him run. And actually he's really good on defense as well. We hope the best for Caden. 
we know that he is a kid of good character and he's going to come out on top of this in the end. Um, one thing that I did want to talk about on Spur is Corey Hamilton. They're running back that's so incredibly fast. I think he's been hindered with a hamstring issue. So he hasn't, he's trying to get that to heal up. But Coach Clark was very excited about Spur being more physical. He indicated the Bulldogs are more crisp than they were last year. And I can attest to that because in the scrimmage, I saw some really good blocking, which was lacking last year. They have a few boys who are injured uh, and that's hurt them defensively, but hopefully they'll be back in the next few weeks. I don't think that they're as severe as Cadence, but they do have some, some really tough teams coming up ahead. They've got Meadow next week. And then right after that, they have Motley County and then White Deer in White Deer. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a tough one and a good ball ball game there. Sticking in region one, Paducah takes out Miami, not Miami, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, definitely. One to fourteen, Deflon Flemings, nine carries, hundred ninety three yards, and four touchdowns. Jimmy Rogers, uh, as well, ten carries, one forty eight, and two uh, scores as well. And then for Miami. Miami. See, I, I did it. You I did, did it. it. You did it. Hayden Thompson, 15 carries, 185 yards, and two touchdowns there. I think that Paducah will roll the first several weeks of the season, but it looks like week five, they're going to face the methodical offense of the Follett Panthers. So that's <laughs> going to be very interesting because Follett and Paducah are two totally different teams. Totally different. That should be interesting. Opposite ends of the spectrum. No doubt for sure. Uh, Blanket takes out Bryson 51 to 6. And speaking of having a day, Braden Day had a day. 17 carries, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. A 50 yard kickoff return for a touchdown. At halftime, he went and got a hot dog and uh, <laughs> a day with eight tackles. And then uh, Levi Vasquez as well, 11 carries, 116 yards, and three touchdowns. So Blanket takes out Bryson in that one, 51 to six. Nazareth over Claude, 52 to 38. Naz was up 38 to half, eight at halftime with on uh, the heels of two defensive touchdowns. One of those games that just they, kind of weird. Claude actually outgained Naz, 330 to 252. Naz led by Sterl Webbs, 27 carries, only 140 yards though, and two touchdowns. But Javon Lee for Claude, maybe a name we should watch. 31 carries, 302 yards, and five touchdowns there. The debut of Coach Goodwin, not the older Goodwin, the younger Goodwin, Tyler in Nazareth. Yes, that was his first career win as a head coach, wasn't it? It was. Shout out to the younger Coach Goodwin. Good job on your first game there at Nazareth. Highland takes out Grady 34 to 25. Grady was up 25 to 22 with 625 left in the third. Uh, but Highland scored with 424 left in the third and then uh, tacked on a, a touchdown in the fourth to win that one for Grady. Austin Aaron, five of 13, but five completions, 191 yards, and he added nine tackles. Logan Aaron for Grady as well, 11 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a scoop and score uh, for Grady. Hermley takes out Lubbock All Saints 51 to 6 for Hermley. Hey, if your first name's Bubba, you got to have a good game. Bubba that's Digby, true. That's, that's got to be an all time name there. Bubba Digby, eight carries, 190 yards, and four touchdowns, seven of 11 through the air for 235 yards and four touchdowns. 
And then Kai Vargas had a heck of a ball game uh, defensively, 14 tackles, including four tackles for loss and a fumble recovery. One thing I would like to say is welcome back, Coach Winters, to the head coaching position at Hermely. He's, he's one of those coaches that I just love to watch on the sidelines. He's very animated, and he believes in his kids, and his kids love him. So shout out to you, Sammy Winters. Glad you're back. He did tell me Vargas, you know, 14 tackles. That's pretty good for week one. He flies around to the ball a lot, and they expect that from him every single game. So don't be surprised if you see Vargas up there with that many tackles every single week for the Hermely Cardinals. Heck of a ball game there for Kai Vargas. Now, the importance of this show, I think, is to find teams that maybe people haven't heard about or haven't heard about in a long time, and we're fixing to bring up one of those. Water Valley takes out Robert Lee 60 to nothing. For Water Valley, Cannon Weiss, eight carries, 99 yards, and three touchdowns. Two pick six and a scoop and score for Water Valley. But you talk to a couple of different coaches, and they say Water Valley is the real deal and could be a sleeper out of Region 4. Oh, definitely. Water Valley is the real deal. They're big, they're physical, they're fast, and they are going to be a legitimate contender. Coach Klein, Adam Klein, he is at Robert Lee. This is his first year as head coach there. When a coach loses badly, you really don't want (laughs) to contact him. But, you know, I have a really good relationship with him. And I said, hey, I'm you know, sorry to contact you, but, you know, give me some information. And so he said that Water Valley jumped right out there and he was happy with where his team is going. His team is going in the right direction. Evan Escamilla, Dylan Thomas, Ryan Mendoza, and Noah Escamilla, they're all going to help. And, you know, Robert Lee's been down for a little bit, but, but they're on the rise. Even though, I mean, you know, it's a hard thing when you face Water Valley, the real deal, that really, you know, no one's been talking about them. They're kind of like hiding down there in Water Valley. Well, guess what, Water Valley? You're not hidden anymore. We're going to talk about you. Everybody needs to go and watch a Water Valley game because big, physical, and fast, those three things in combination is just a fun thing to watch. Most definitely. And then the uh, final game of the night, the Jayton Gridiron Classic, Gordon takes out O'Donnell 66-20. to Gage Irwin for Gordon had a pick six, a couple of uh, touchdowns receiving. Apparently played very well in that ball game to close out the Jayton Gridiron Classic. O'Donnell lost a few players. As always, they're going to be right there in the mix of things, and I know that they've got a pretty – good schedule. One thing I wanted to mention about what O'Donnell I saw on their Facebook page was really interesting. I love these extra little stories. They had an entire press box on a crane set on top of their stands and it's enormous. So if any of you want to go out to the O'Donnell ISD Facebook page, you can actually watch someone filmed the crane putting the press box on top of the stadium. And it was a really neat thing to watch. Um, I guess Sterling City will see it because they're going to O'Donnell here pretty soon. I may get out to that one. We shall see. Gordon, okay, we've got to talk about Gordon Strong, right? Let's do it. Okay. In the same district. (laughs) 
Since what are they, eight miles apart, seven or eight miles apart, just they down love, the road? They love each other, right? They absolutely adore each other. <laughs> and if you, I have been to that game. I went a few years ago with Lehman Saunders. We went down there for, for the game. That is a rivalry that is just insane. But it's all, it's all good. There are so many fans that go to that game. It's always packed. It's always hyped. I believe they even have a T-shirt uh, they make for everybody to wear. I mean, it's just a great rivalry. Well, you know, Gordon, Gordon's got some really good athletes this year. It's going to be very interesting to see what becomes of, of them as strong and district. And as the weeks wear on, we will definitely talk about that matchup some more. Most definitely. A couple other uh, things to get to here. A couple other scores. Uh, Covington takes out Iredale 45 to nothing. We've talked about, we've said the word injury a lot. And Covington is dealing with some injuries, four to be exact. And so they've got some young ones coming up that are trying to fill in the holes. Coach Steele is looking for Gavin Lee, Hayden Burt, Caden Dorsey, Austin Brown, Timothy Gatton, and Bregan Blaylock to really come together, even though they've, they've experienced some starters go out with injuries. He thinks that they played very well considering they are missing three two-way starters, and then they lost the fourth one in that game against Iredale. He's very happy with their defense. He was extremely proud because they, threw, they scored three defensive touchdowns. But they've got a – yeah, that's really good. Um, they have Abbott – coming up so that's that's going to be a good matchup right there yeah, most definitely and then you know we talk about the, the one thing and and we said this six man sometimes it's hard to get coverage on different things but you were able to catch up with coach fletcher at nuasis canyon which is we just don't hear as much from coaches out of region three and region four now they fell to san antonio st mary 61 to 36 but it was just great to talk to coach fletcher like you did and and get some idea of who Nueces Canyon is. He loves his kids. He, he thinks that they're going down the right road as well. He said that he had some freshmen who stepped up Friday night. They have a pretty tough schedule the next few weeks. I mean, they get Balmeray in week three. But, you know, anytime you have Balmeray on the schedule, you know it's going to be tough. He believes playing championship caliber teams will prepare the Panthers for a potential playoff run. And, you know, he could do it. He's down there with uh, Lakey and Medina in Region 4. I like to get down there every once in a while. My sister lives in that area, so I go stay with her one weekend, and I'll go to games down there. I've been to several Medina games, and I'd love to get out to Camp Wood. If any of you have ever looked at a map, it's rather difficult to get there. Um, it's okay to get there, but getting home is the difference because of all the the crazy roads. If you know anything about the three sisters, uh, they're crazy roads, very high up, very twisty and windy with 10 miles an hour. I just don't know that I want to be driving that in, at night. You know, if I really need to go to Camp Wood, which I will one of these days, I promise you, Coach Fletcher, I'm coming at some point. Might just have to go the long way through Uvalde. <laughs> there you go. And then finally, before we leave Division One, you know, one word that I was really hoping we wouldn't hear this year in football, 
and it's a canceled game. Crescent LaForce, how come? COVID outbreak at Crest. So, yeah, this whole thing, and we won't even we won't even touch that from a, another perspective because <laughs> that, that's a podcast in and of itself. But uh, you know, teams still having to be careful of it, and it's still impacting programs and something that coaches, I'm sure, thought that they didn't have to worry about this year. This year, and yet there it is, and and. I just got to think that it, it it worries them tremendously that they could lose a game because of COVID. Yes, it's a it's a sad deal. You know, last year we were just hoping to have a season. We had a pretty good season. And so you think um, in the grand scheme of things that this season it's just going to be back to normal. But, you know, I have I have learned that nothing is really normal anymore. So, you know, you just take it one week at a time. And I think everybody is right there in the same boat. It could happen to anybody. At least I know the six-man community is very full of people who support each other. And I think that's what I enjoy so much about the six-man community because everybody knows and you know you're always going to be supported no matter what. Most definitely. So let's switch over to Division Two. Looking at the top ten, of course, we already talked about Motley County getting the uh, win over number four Westbrook, forty-six to thirty. So let's move on over to Division Two, top ten. We talked about Motley County; they took out number four Westbrook, forty-six to thirty. Number two, Richland Spring, the Cows. We always know about them. I actually picked up an L uh, against Marble Falls Faith Academy, sixty-two to thirty-four. And Bobby is going to give you a full breakdown of who Marble Falls Faith Academy is, right, Bobby? Uh, I think it's time for me to go get some water. I need to refresh <laughs> myself. We've been at this for a little bit. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't expect Richland Springs to have L's the rest of the season. Um, no. they, always, they always come back. They always that come they, back. That they do. Uh, number three, Strawn, takes out White Deer 56 to 8. The Greyhounds, everything I hear are the real deal. And then some. I'm one that kind of likes to expose the elephant in the room. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Does that surprise you at all? It does not. (laughs) Uh, The Rigdens moved to Strawn. And we've all heard rumors that the younger Rigden is just quite something. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've been told by several people who were at that game. Yes, Grayson Rigden is the real deal. He's an 180-pound freshman. He will be on our radar to watch for the rest of the season, along with the rest of the Strawn Greyhounds. Uh, I know Lorenzo Garcia is a senior this year, and he's a heck of a player for the Greyhounds. He's, uh, I believe he started all four years since he was a freshman. He's one of the mainstays for the Greyhounds. Um, one thing that we didn't talk about was, you know, White Deer. I think that Strawn jumped out and surprised them. I think Strawn's going to do that to a lot of people. But um, just like your prediction with May being at Jerry's World, I'm going to go out on the line <laughs> and say Strawn is going to be right there in that second or first game, depending on the schedule. They're going to be there, too. Uh, They've got some really good players. Lee always does a good job of making sure they're ready for playoffs. And, unfortunately, White Deer felt that in week one, which is not a bad thing because, you know, White Deer graduated a lot of really good players. You know, they have Carson Ketchum back, um, but they're really green. Yeah, I would imagine Justin Rucker uh, 
even though he didn't like this score, I'm sure that he picked up a lot for that. And his team is, you know, it's going to be a three-way battle there in district one, one, a, and in region one at the division one level between happy Valley and white deer. So th- those kind of games are ones that you may lose them, but you may get as much out of a loss as you do a W in, in that case. Oh, definitely. Uh, the experience will definitely help those young kids out, get them mature, gain confidence for the next, for getting through that district. You're right. Again, Strawn and Gordon are in the same district. So that may be a real battle royale, but we will, we will definitely talk about that more in the coming weeks. That we will. Uh, number four, Balmoray, we talked about them. They lost to number five, Rankin, 64 to 51 in a great game. Number five, Groom falls to happy, 54 to 36. Number six, Calvert. Injury bug is hit there. They were actually idle. We actually think they were supposed to play a game this week, but they were idle this week. Injuries have really hurt them. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about Calvert. That is on my list for next week. But I have heard the same thing. They've had some some injuries, and they're just trying to get healthy enough so they can play here in week two. That will be important. Team that we brought up momentarily earlier, number seven, Follett, takes out Aspermont there in Jayton, 46 to nothing. The Panthers are simply methodical. They just took it to Aspermont. And, and to me, that's a team that a lot of people may look past. And if I was them, I would not do that. Oh, you can't ever count Aspermont or it's out. Never. You know, Coach Weaver does a really good job over there in Aspermont. Unfortunately, they came up against Follett. They just completely pick you apart. They use time extremely well. I mean, time, the time clock is as much a part of their game as anything. And they do it so well. They've had many years of experience. That they have. Uh, Andy Copley leading the crew there for Follett, a guy who's got a couple of basketball championships under his belt. Number eight, Klondike takes out Sanderson, 55 to six. Number nine, Jayton over Knox City, 46 to 30. And that was, that was a good game as well there. The Jaybirds uh, taking out the Greyhounds on Thursday night. It was. Uh, Jayton has a nice little crew, uh, but they did have a move in. He's helped them a lot. He's a hardworking kid, but you know, Jaden is always in the mix with uh, coach Josh Stanley over there. And not just because I'm from Jaden, but you know, Josh does a really good job and, and year in and year out, they are competitors. We really didn't know how this year was going to go because we lost so many good players, but we have a really good group of young kids that work hard and try hard and do everything that Coach Stanlin asks of them. That win is really a notch in their belt that they really needed early in the season. And then rounding out the top 10 at number 10, they had Bulldogs take out Silverton 47 to nothing. And then a couple of uh, few games that we've got notes on as well at a division two. Will Dorado takes out Daryl Zett 58 to nothing. Dustin Bryant, six carries, 180 yards. Three touchdowns, seven tackles, uh, and the Will Radle defense had three fumble recoveries, one of those for a touchdown. Uh, so Coach Timmons coming from Guthrie picks up his first victory there with the Mustangs. Paint Creek, yes, Paint Creek, first varsity game since 2017. They defeat Harold 52 to nothing. I, I found this hard to believe. That's only their 14th win since 2010. You know, Paint Creek hasn't had a team very 
many uh, years since 2010. They've just had a, a low numbers. They couldn't field a team. And I am just so happy that Paint Creek, you know, they're back in it. They are back in it. I mean, and look at Harold. Harold has had some issues in the past fielding a team. Um, I believe that they rounded out their team with a, a female player not too many years ago. And correct. so to see those two playing each other, you know, in a good week one game, it just makes my heart happy. Uh, Rule takes out Wilson 53 to eight. Uh, I know you talked to coach Kitley there. He, he's really high on, on several players and including he's starting a freshman at running back. Uh, he thought they played well, but uh, tell us what coach Kitley had to say about rule. Oh, he believed they played really well. You know, coach, coach Kitley, he's, he believes in culture and he's building he is building a program in rural. As a matter of fact, I think I should probably say built instead of building because he's got a number of players now that are going to help the Bobcats move past some opponents this year that maybe they haven't been able to in the past. Um, he believes they played well. The Bobcats did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business and played hard. They also, one thing I love about Coach Kitley is he teaches his players to play unselfishly, and they are also smart, so they know the game of football. But he's not one to rest on his laurels, so he said, you know, it's time to move on. We got our next opponent, and we're going to get 1% better every day. Here in the upcoming weeks, they have Northside and Patton Springs, and then they get Roby. So that'll be a good matchup there. In Region 3, Throckmorton. Every time I say Throckmorton, I keep thinking of a, a two-way school. It's just hard to believe they're now in six-man with us. But they took out Bluffdale 48 to nothing. And I know the coach there So they had a few mistakes, but uh, he thinks those are going to get corrected. And he had several players uh, that he felt like uh, should be mentioned as well. Carson Meyer, Josh Woods, and Braden Crow really helped the Greyhounds this week. And you can look to them to be players to watch here in the coming weeks when they take on Bryson, Union Hill, and Blackwell. And in Region 4, uh, Coach Cherry there and Rochelle, they defeat Stephenville Faith 62-40. to 40. And I find this interesting, and this is another cool part of the show. He says player to watch is a freshman, Kelton Williams, maybe even a superstar? That's what I'm hearing. We talked about Grayson Rigdon, the super freshman from Strawn. Um, Coach Cherry believes he's got one of the best, if not the best freshman in the state and six man in Kelton Williams. Um, the, this year, the Hornets are solid. They're young, but solid. And when you hear young, but solid together, you know that it's going to be painful for someone for the next three years that's in their district. Nope. Um, but they, <laughs> they do start three freshmen, and their upcoming games are Paint Rock and Medina. All right. So uh, that wraps up the week one scores. Uh, we'll talk about getting more of those stats in here in a little bit. But before we uh, leave week one, finish up in Region 4 as well. Blanket defeats Bryson 38-6. to six. And I know you talk, caught up with uh, Coach Mund and got his thoughts on his team. Yes, he says that they've got some players to watch. Coach Mund went over to Blanket. This is his first year there. Three players to watch for the Blanket Tigers. Braden Day, who's a junior. Levi Vasquez, who's a junior. 
And also Carlos Morales rounding the trio out as a senior. Coach Munn thinks that the Tigers did pretty good for the most part, but they still have a lot of work to do before district starts. He was extremely happy with their effort in week one. The Tigers will face Gustine, Lingleville, and Zephyr here in the coming weeks. So that'll wrap up our week one scores. And before, Bobby, we get to looking at some of the big week two games, we'll kind of give you a preview on a few of those. I want to talk about the Texas 1A fan helmet stickers that I think you did to just honor some players, and it has spread like wildfire. <laughs> it really has. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how that came about. So I, I've always been um, enamored of helmets and how they're decorated and all of the um, helmet stickers that you see from the different teams. And, you know, some teams use a pattern, some don't. I decided to get some Texas 1A fan helmet stickers. Well, I've had them for a bit. And with week one looming, I thought I need to use these helmet stickers. How are we going to do this? So because we love to highlight teams, but we also love to highlight the players on those teams, we are going to cover a multitude of games this season. So if a Texas 1A fan team member is at your game, we will watch the game and we will evaluate the play of two different players one from each team, and after the game, we'll give them the helmet sticker. Now, let me tell you kind of what goes into that, because everybody says, oh, you'll just probably give it to the person who runs the ball in all the time. Yeah, everybody's making touchdowns. He's going to get it. Well, no, that's not, that's not what it's all about. Unfortunately for those offensive-minded people, I am very defensive-minded, and I enjoy <laughs> the defensive game more. Um, but one thing that I really look for in a player is sportsmanship, leadership, things that kind of ooze off of a player on the field, not arrogance, but confidence, something that's very positive, not just that they run 900 yards or they have 50 tackles. I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, a total exaggeration. It's not about just the athletic ability, because a person is not made up of just athletic ability. You've got to consider character, and leadership, and sportsmanship. So those things combined, we'll pick a player, give them a, a helmet sticker. Oh, we put it on Facebook. We put it on our Instagram, and we also put it on the website. So if you want to go look at the 24 winners from week one, they are all on our website. I think that's a fabulous thing they're doing there. And you're right. It's not just about being a great player offensive and defensively. Leadership, sportsmanship, character, those are key things, not only at the high school level, but in life. And, and, and that's what you're looking for. So I, I think that is a, a fabulous thing. And uh, so look for a Texas 1A fan staff member if they're at your game. They'll come find somebody. You don't have to come find them. They will come find you if they've chosen you as the uh, Texas 1A fan uh, sticker winner for that ball game for your club. So let's move on to week two in the big games. And, you know, the one fun thing about six man that I think gets lost in everything is teams aren't afraid to play each other. No, not at all. 
you look at the 5A and the 6A level, you know, some of those teams will play, they might play one or two ranked teams, but they don't fill their whole roster, their whole schedule with that. You can get that in six man, and, and you see it again this week. We'll start at the top. What a huge game. Sterling City and May, a rematch of the state championship in December. This should be fabulous. Definitely a very emotional game. Um, I know that May is going to go in there very excited, very emotional. And so Coach Steele is going to have to temper that a little bit. It's going to be an exciting atmosphere at that game. That it most definitely will. And, and, you know, we also talk about big games. If you're Borden County in the couch, you just lost to May 51 to 6. Okay, maybe I, you know, got an easy game in week two. We can kind of get things. Oh, no. Here comes Westbrook. That's that right. should be a great matchup there between Borden County and Westbrook. And, you know, to me, this could be one of those pivotal games for both teams to really see where are they sitting and potentially where are they heading. And, you know, that game is going to be on Thursday in Westbrook. You know, sometimes we get a few Thursday games and it's nice because, you know, the spotlight's on them because there's normally not a lot of them. Um, Borden County is going to have to go into Westbrook again they're going to find the puzzle pieces to put together. It just might take a few weeks. So, so don't give up on them. You can't ever count them out, but I think Westbrook's going to be at home and they're going to be wet ready. I I would agree with you there. Another intriguing matchup to me, and we've talked about both of these clubs and I think it's going to be a telltale sign of just how good both of them are Rankin and spring Lake earth. This should be a good ball game. Yes, they're going to meet in Borden County, right there under the hill. And I'm going to be there. I, you know, <laughs> I, I just can't miss that game because I know that uh, Rankin's established themselves over the last couple of years. And here's Spring Lake Earth, and they're trying to establish themselves. And I've watched both teams. And I think that this is just going to be a battle a huge battle and we're, we're going to see who's going to come out on top because they've both got some really, really good athletes. They do most definitely in division two, Motley County takes on Knox city. That's going to be a tough game for the Greyhounds. Uh, Motley County is for real Knox city. You know, they lost a lot of graduating seniors, but that's still always a good ball club there. I have to, I have to bring this up just to bring it up. Number three, strong. I love their opponent. They're playing Smoking for Jesus Ministry. Yes. How fabulous is that? <laughs> Last year, I looked that up, and Dency told me a story about why they're called Smoking for Jesus Ministry. I can't really remember the story. So, uh, but it's a good one. But, you, you know, my mind is so full of scores and stuff that I forget the little things sometimes. But you know what, Craig? I'm going to get that story from Dency and I will give it to you next week. We're going to be looking forward to that story. Uh, Groom gets Paducah. That'll be a tough one. You know, Groom, we talked about how small they are, happy, the physicality. Guess what? You got a big Paducah squad coming up as well, so no rest there for the Tigers. And then, uh, you know, Follett and White Deer should be a heck of a ball game. Um, You know, White Deer, I think, is is maybe better than people give them credit for. We know what Follett's about. That should be a great matchup in Region 1. I think so too. Um, Rucker will have the Bucks ready. He knows that Follett is methodical. He knows they use time. 
and he will have things for the bucks to do to maybe combat that a little bit. So that's kind of all the, the, what we would say, the showcase games for week two going on. We'll be back next Sunday. I promise you, uh, you know, we're going to keep this thing going. It's the back roads. We'll call it the scoreboard show. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, season two of the back roads. This is episode one, but the main thing we're asking for is stats. And where can the coaches send those into Bobby? You can send them to Texas1AFan at gmail.com. We get lots of emails about great six-man and 1A town things about cross-country and volleyball and six-man football and anything in between. Send us your stats. I uh, put them in a folder. Um, also, one thing that I want to tout is if you feel – if you're a coach and you feel like you have a great player, nominate them for the Tougher Than Tough Award. We created this award about two years ago because, as you know, Ford has the Ford Built Ford Tough Award, but they only go from 2A to 6A. But football's only 11, man, right? No, sir. <laughs> No, sir. And anyone listening to this podcast will probably disagree with you. <laughs> I think it's better football. It's not boring. Uh, but that's a that's a subject for another day. Nominate your player for the Tougher Than Tough Award. They do get a laser engraved wooden football with Texas 1A fan award winner on there and the week that they won the award and we've gotten really good feedback on that michael's able to create those awards in his workshop and he takes great pride in that we thank michael for doing that for us and then we'll put you on the website and we'll put you out on facebook and instagram again there's a theme here with texas 1a fan you know we're here for the players the teams to offer support but also make sure we shine a spotlight on those people who are leaders, who show great character, and are just all-around good players. And that's what we're here for. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Backroads, the scoreboard show, season two, episode one, Bobby. It was fun. It was. I think we're going to get even better at this, and we <laughs> want those stats coming in from the coaches. We want to recognize those players out there. You know it. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're in the Amarillo area, Lubbock, Dallas, San Antonio. It doesn't matter. When you watch the highlight shows, a lot of them just kind of breeze over six-man. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to highlight those players and get their names out there because they deserve it. Until next week, we'll see you next Sunday. Go out and do something good. That's right. Get those scores in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>